I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, what do you got there? This is the new Ping G430 Max 10K driver. It's next level. I'll tell you, it's so impressive. We all know that Ping help you play your best. I've been using them for years. I wouldn't use anything else. In fact... This new driver, it's Ping's straightest and highest moment of impact driver ever. Holy moly. So on the course, what's that going to mean? How's it going to help golfers? Well, to put it simply, it means people are going to be hitting longer, straighter, and they're going to absolutely crack their drives off the tee. I could talk about it all day. It's that good. But the best thing to do if you want to check out how impressive Ping's new G430 Max 10K driver is, Just book in with your local golf shop or professional to arrange a ping club fitting and I'll see you out there with my ping gear. It's week 27 of the golfing calendar. And Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen are live from Australian Golf Headquarters, home of the PGA of Australia and Golf Australia. And today, they've got a notebook full of news and results and plenty of feedback. And Mark has a big theory that he's hanging to tell you and Nick about. This is Australia's leading golf podcast. Talk birdie to me. So I've got a theory, Nick. And I've been thinking about this for the last couple of weeks. And I'm now brave enough to wear it. (laughs) All right? Because I think this is going to happen. I think there's still life in Tiger Woods. And you know why? Because I've been reading that Tiger is going to play in the Champions Tour. <laughs> and if Tiger played... Now, listen, hear me out. Nick, don't, laugh, don't look at me and laugh at me like that just yet. Okay. If Tiger Woods starts playing Champions Tour in a cart, mm-hmm. which I think he's going to do, then he's going to get sharp playing in a cart mm-hmm. on the Champions Tour and then try and pinch... Two majors in his 50s walking. That's what I think is going to happen. (laughs) And you know what? The one thing that has stopped him really doing reasonably well in the majors is that he's just not sharp. In fact, he's not even close. That and the fact that he's struggling to walk. Mm. But if he can get sharp on the Champions Tour in a cart and then turn up at Augusta in April... And, you know, let's – I assume he's going to get better. I don't think Tiger's going to wither away. I imagine he'll get better. I think we haven't seen the end of him. Okay. okay. I, I don't think he'll get to 18. I, I don't think he'll get Jack. But I reckon he is very capable of winning one or two. All right. Two, two things. Yeah. Right. Firstly, where did you hear it? Just been reading things. Oh, just been reading. Just okay. been reading. Yes. Okay. Just been reading. He's. Was this because of Bernard Langer and his you know wins and he wants to break Bernard's record or something? No, I, I read just, something about that, which is a lot. It's, of it's the same bloke who gives me information from the states. Okay. Oh, the secret. The source. secret guy. Yep. Right. Okay. So it basically comes from 
the bloke with the bad footwork is the world <laughs> yeah. number one. Oh, uh, right. Basically. <laughs> basically. Okay. So word is he's going to play championship in a cup. And again, if he does that, that's a game changer. Mm. If he still thinks he'll be capable of walking 72 holes in majors, wouldn't that be unbelievable? That wouldn't would... this be – imagine if he came back – as a 50-year-old or a 51-year-old. I mean, the reason I'm bringing it up now is because we've just seen Bernard Langer win a US Open, seniors, at the age of 65. Hmm. I think Tiger has got as much drive as Bernard Langer. And I know he swings it better than Bernard <laughs> Langer. Yeah, for sure. And I know he putts better than Bernard Langer. Yeah. And I know he's got a better short game than Bernard Langer. So you're saying he's better than Bernard Langer. I'm saying he's going <laughs> to – if Bernard Langer's 146, okay. then Tiger in a cart, he All might right. win 12 in his first year. Wow. Well, he's 47, 48 at the end of yeah. this year, December yeah. 30. I was just yeah. looking up his, uh, right. his birth date. So you're talking in two and a half years' time. Yep. Tiger Woods will start playing Champions Tour. That's from the source. Okay. That's from the source. <laughs> okay, that, that, that answers my first question. Right. Secondly, yep. when you say he's not sharp, I actually think he is yeah. when he's playing these golf tournaments. Yeah. I think the big issue is his body, yeah. and that's breaking down. He's really playing on one and a half legs. Yeah. And a course like Augusta, for example, I can't see him winning at Augusta on a golf course like that because that is the toughest walk in yeah. golf pretty much at any What any about venue. a course like... Royal Liverpool. For sure. Yeah, yeah I can see it happening yeah, at a Lynx golf course. Yeah. Absolutely. A US Open PGA, that's uh, it's another story. What about, a, what about a US Open mm. at Pinehurst okay. with the shorter rough? We'll have to look on the and schedule. And just the waste areas. <laughs> I think there's one coming up reasonably soon. Can somebody have a quick look at the future yeah. US Open events? If there's a Pinehurst that that lines up with this yeah, there is. suggestion. Mm. Okay. Well, anyway, again, watch this space. You uh, heard it right here on Talk Birdie <laughs> TV podcast. So in three, four years, actually four years, once he's won his second major, we can say, well, Mark Allen predicted this. Yes. Okay. Yep. yep. I like no, it. I like the way you're thinking because a world without Tiger Woods playing golf is uh, is not a great golfing world, well, is it's it? Well, it's not as good as it could be. No, exactly. It's not as good as it could be. Hmm. Anyway, that, that, it's exciting to think about it. <laughs> it is. It, it really is. is exciting to think – You've got a good source over there. I'll say that. My source has been magnificent. Okay. He has been magnificent. Anyway, what did you think of Ricky Fowler coming back and winning in the way that he did? Yeah, that was pretty special. Uh, I loved his post-round interview where you can can see him getting emotional. Mm. emotional. He's got his daughter in his arms. And and one of the – I guess one of the comments that resonated with me was, you know, look, uh, there's almost more to life than just golf. I mean, he has his daughter and his family and that means so much more. So the golf is almost like an add-on for him now, Mm. which is funnily enough, when you tend to play your best golf, when you get in that space of uh, golf isn't the be-all, end-all. For some people it needs to be. And I think to get to number one in the world and those sorts of players, you need to have that selfishness factor. But Ricky's never been that way. He's always been one of the nice guys out on tour. I've had a couple of dinners with him in the past, I mentioned before, and he is what you see on the TV. He's just a lovely bloke, Mm. swings it incredible. You know, went through some peaks and troughs there. Butch Harmon's got him right back on track. You mentioned about his swing. He's much much more on plane. Much better this week. 
Yeah, he didn't quite have it going in that final round, and he had his chances on that back nine, the two par fives, which he didn't birdie. Yeah. But what an 18th hole he played, that final hole, where he, you could see he tugged his drive, got mm. away with it a little bit, didn't go down into the hazard, but you can still play out of that hazard, but what a shot into the green. How big was it to win straight after the disappointment of the US Open not winning? I think that's huge, actually. Yeah, even though he said, look, if it's not now, it'll come. I think the sooner you win or the sooner you get over that hump after a big disappointment, because I'm sure he would have been disappointed Mm. uh, after the US Open. He did mention that. And if you're mentioning it, you know it it did hurt a bit. And the sooner you get over that hump and you get that victory, wow. I mean, look out now, because he's he's playing some of the best golf in the world. He's like number six on strokes gained or something like that. Uh, from tee to green at the moment, yeah. and uh, he's he's making a very good run. And you know we can talk about this as we go along, but I think he he's got a great chance to be on that Ryder Cup team now. Yeah, I'm just so glad he's cashed in on this form wave that he's on. You know, it's just really important. And it's important because he's been in the wilderness. Mm. Now I'm I'm thinking of your career. And I, I, look, I followed it closely because I was very jealous of you making all that <laughs> cash. Um, but. Well, I've always been jealous of your hair, so, you know, yeah, we'll God. go. <laughs> that's, that's something. <laughs> um, I was trying to think of your career. Did you ever have a low point? Because I mean, to me, you were just a human ATM. You yeah. just chugged along and just ripped cash out of the PGA well, Tour. Yeah, at the end of my career, I had a low point because <laughs> I didn't keep my status back. But that was at the point where I was kind of looking at stepping yeah. away from the game anyway. I had more... I was very consistent, as you said, but I, I had patches where I should have won and I never did. Um, what was that, that like? What was that like? That was tough to front up to the media because I'd get asked every week, you know, oh, look, you're playing so well. Why haven't you won? Why haven't you won? One of the comments in the US was they mm. said to me, you were, you're top 20 in the world, Nick. Uh, how can... How can you justify that ranking since you haven't won over here on the US? Mm. I'm like, well, I see it as a bit of a compliment because it means I must be playing pretty steady golf. At the same time, of course, I'd I'd love to have won. I mean, more. Wouldn't we all? But unfortunately, I can just count the wins on one hand and I would have loved to have gone into the fingers and toes and all that and on all the other hands. So so you felt it as a non-winning lefty from Australia. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine the focus and what, Ricky must have been feeling each time he fronted up mm. and, and reading, you know, where's Ricky gone? What's his swing doing? Mm-hmm. Is Butch Harmon's, you know, is his teaching come good? T- to me, it's a real victory for a couple of reasons. One, it, it just shows you the talent because not many people, not many, lose it and come back. Mm-hmm. For sure. Not not to the not to the point where, you know, they come back yeah. and they drift along. Mm. He, he never really lost it, win. I mean, you know, he was obviously one of the best players in the world for a while. When you lose your game, you go out to well over 500 in the world rankings. I'm not sure if he ever got out to there. He might have been in the 150, 200 range or something he like that. He was qualifying for US Opens. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. he was first reserve last year, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, that's, that's right. right. He was the alternate standing on the tee, and then this year he's in the final group on the last so, day. So you can imagine someone like Ricky Fowler, the pride, yeah. you know, of turning up to qualifying. You know, we saw Sergio do it, which mm. was just sensational. I thought that was one of the great things. One of the real highlights of this year was Sergio Garcia thinking enough of the US Open to go back and qualify. But I reckon someone like Ricky Fowler with the cash and the money and the, you know, the charisma mm. that he's got. I mean, so many fans. Mm. The front up last year and pre-Q, pre-trying, what we, what we used to call it, pre-chop, because <laughs> really it's for choppers. Yeah. To go out and pre-chop and just miss, that must have stung a little oh, bit. I'm sure, yeah. And some of the criticism over the last few years with Ricky has been the fact that He's the golden child as far as sponsorship goes. I mean, he has so many sponsors, it's ridiculous. So he's made so much money off the golf course. Mm. 
Now, to fulfill those commitments, you have to do a lot of outings, a lot of days, a lot of media advertising for to keep those sponsors happy. Now, did that detract from his golf over those last few years? Perhaps. Maybe. Who knows? Um, but if you listen to him talk and the way he has that life balance now um, and the way he's really been progressing the last year or two, mm. I tell you, look out for, uh, I think, Hoylake. I think he's a great shot there as well. I mean, the way he's playing, he loves Lynx golf coming up at the British Open and uh, and we'll just have to wait and see. But the, one of the things I was looking forward to was Adam Hadwin. He was on the final yeah. hole of another tournament. Why didn't someone tackle him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where That's was the security right. guard? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Hey, uh, c- can you do me a favour in your masterclass a little bit later? Yep. Um, Colin Morikawa took a 9-9 at wedge distance. In and the playoff I'm, hole. In the playoff mm-hmm. hole. And I imagine it's because he didn't want it to do what Hadwin's did. Yes. Which was spin back. Can, can you please explain a little bit later how to hit that no spinner? Because most people listening to this would have really soft greens mm. at this time of year in our country. Yeah. You know, we're in the middle of winter and if you are using a ball that spins, if you're a decent enough player and hit the ball well, it may well spin too much every once in a while, and I reckon it'd be yeah. a, a terrific one if you can get it up. I think this will be a masterclass for the better golfer in that regard because a lot of people always want to spin the ball more, but this one we actually want to spin less. So I will do that. Just I bet for it's you, really hard, really complicated <laughs> too. I bet you, hey, um, can we talk about Bernard Langer? Because far away, sixty-five years old. He's now taken. Um, Hey Lewin's record, so they were tied at 45. He's gone the 46 wins. Uh, he's 65 years old. He he shot his age three times this year. They thought he was on the way to shooting his age halfway through the last round of a US Open at the age of 65. I mean, can you believe that? At one stage he had a six-shot lead. Mm. I think it was with six holes to play. Now, he didn't win by that, but he won no, two he, or three. No, he won by two. Yeah. Only won by two or three, so cruised home, made a few bogeys on the oh, way yeah. home. But to play that level of golf for so long, a couple of US Masters, um, Ryder Cup hero for, yep. for Europe, uh, came to Australia and you know and played so well. I'll always remember his holy one on the twelfth at Huntingdale on, the, on his way to wing, and then uh, not long after that was in February. Two months later, he went and won at Augusta, and he mm. credited Huntingdale's victory in the gold jacket to mm. one of the reasons why he felt so confident coming back overseas and and doing the job at Augusta. So he's been. An amazing player for a long time. He turned professional at the age of 15. So he's been a professional golfer for 50 years. Mm. Wow, that's incredible. That that is incredible. The scary part about all that is not only is his longevity, but I can tell you this. When Bernard Langer has a practice round, and he generally has a practice round and plays the pro-ams and things like that, he is going going into so much detail into the golf course. Where should I hit it? Where are the pins going to be? Uh, what are my lines, et cetera, et cetera. Him and his caddy, they work harder than just about anyone. And this is, he's 65. So yeah. you'd think he'd have all this stuff figured out by now, but yeah. the detail this guy goes into, he reminds me a lot of Jim Furyk in that regard. Jim was one of the, I was always fascinated playing practice rounds with him because you just see how much detail. I was kind of more of, a, oh yeah, I want to hit it over there and going to angle in the air. That, that, that's, mm. that's sort of how I want to play the hole. But they would go into every single you know, possible computation that could happen in in a in a round of golf, and that way they were prepared, and the preparation was unbelievable. He's got the long putter, you know, which is which is uh, possibly has something to do with the uh, top five. You're going to do a little yeah. bit later on, Mark. I actually got did you? Uh, did I ever tell you I gave him a putting lesson once? You gave Bernard Langer a putting <laughs> lesson. <laughs> he oh, came, please he tell me up, this. Well, he came up to me on the uh, on the practice green on a European tournament. I can't remember where it was, but he said. Uh, 
So he's watching you, obviously, he's watching with me. long putter. He says, yeah. Can you show me how you do all this? Oh, what, wow. what do you do when you putt with the long? And I kind of explained it and all that. That's a huge compliment, Nick. Oh, yeah. well, That's a big compliment. I'm not sure how much he took into it because he kind of has it on his chin, you know, whereas yeah. I had it on my chest. But we were just discussing the varying so ways. So what were you telling him? Oh, I just sort of said, you know, he said, oh, you know, how do you anchor it? What, what are you feeling? How, what are you swinging it with, more the shoulders or, or just the arms? I said, well, I like to swing more of the shoulders. And if you watch Langer, he loves to swing the hands and yeah, the Yeah, he's just a handy, handy putter. That's just the way he likes to do it. So he's, he's always looking for different ways ways to improve and going back to that longevity factor i mean i, I always used to call him bmw because it was just pure german engineering so <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was my nickname for him so. i remember when i was a little kid i would have been about 14 or 15 years old and he turned up to huntingdale and i was really lucky um, being a member at huntingdale for 30 years but i always had access to the pro shop and a lot of the players would leave their clubs there and Langer had the Wilson bag, but he had the Ping Eye Brilliant Wedge and oh, yeah. Sand Iron, and he had the Two Iron in there as well. And as soon as that week finished, I was caddying for David Ferrity that week, and Ferrity played really well, and I had a pocket full of money. I just went out and bought exactly what he had. Mm. I ended up buying the Wilson Irons and the Brilliant, and I thought I was a Fairdigham rock star mm. at 15 well, years old. He's an absolute flusher too because the other thing that you'll see with him is whenever he hits an iron shot and he's leaning as though it's going 10 or 15 metres yeah. to the right or left, it's like 10 or, five, 10 or 15 feet. It's unbelievable how Complete good the guy's flusher. ball striking is. Well, it's impressed a lot of people. We had a, uh, we had a message from Aaron Lotes this week. Hey, guys, Bernard Langer in the US Open. This guy's a freak. He made it look closer than it looked. He was leading by six through nine holes, ended up winning by two. Is there, question for you guys, hmm. is there drug testing on the senior tour? <laughs> <laughs> no, there's not. Is, is there? there? I, there was on the big tour. Yeah. You guys, they, were, oh, yeah, yeah, we you guys yeah, were peeing into a cup that, there for uh, a little while? Yeah, once a month typically, every now and then a little more Where'd often. Where'd they get you? After a round or be- – Yeah, as soon as you walk off 18 before you get to the scorers, they'd give you – or as you come out of scorers, they'd tap you on the shoulder and you just hope and, – and what I used to do, and funnily enough, a lot of the players started doing, is you mm. wouldn't go for a leak with two or three holes to go. You kind of have to hold it in unless you're really busting but because yeah. you go, oh, gosh, I just went and then you'd have to wait and they'd follow you wherever you went. Yeah. Mm. So Bernard Langer beat uh, Hale Lewin's – Record, record. Mm-hmm. of 45. Yep. They still haven't beaten Peter Thompson's record of nine wins in a year. Oh, okay. Now, can I tell you my please. story, please? Yeah, yeah. Because Tomo, um, I was at a place where he was speaking to a handful of golfers, and this is, this is almost my favourite story in golf. So Peter Thompson was invited over to play some senior events. It wasn't called the Champions Tour back then, by Arnold Palmer. Because he saw him somewhere and said, Why aren't you coming over? You find five British Opens. Why can't you come and play? And he, Pete said, Well, listen, if you invite me to the right ones, I'll come and play. <laughs> so Pete went over, and I think he was either 52 or 53, and he played in three events that Arnold Palmer invited him to. Pete tells the story that in the last event, he heard two other senior players behind a locker room, mm-hmm. behind the locker, complaining that he was getting starts because he wasn't that good. Oh. So, Pete, he wasn't playing much. Yeah, you know, he was uh, he was the uh, you know, he was running the, our tour. He was he yep. was the chairman. He was the chairman. He was yeah. uh, riding for the age. He didn't need golf at all. He was just going over. He was probably half <laughs> chuffed because Arnold Palmer invited him over to play. So Pete didn't say a thing, not a thing. But he came home and started practicing, and he used his five British Opens as the uh, conveyance to play a full season. Okay. Now, he was either – he was 52 or 53 that year, so that means he's either 53 or 54. And he went over there with 
Persimmon Woods <laughs> and didn't change them all year and won nine. <laughs> Just to prove a point. <laughs> Just to prove uh, To me, that is yeah. one of the most <laughs> so beautifully wow. spiteful. I'll show you, you American. Yeah. That must have been in the 80s sometime, wouldn't it? Yeah, mm. back in the 80s. Yeah. What a player. What a. That's he, I, I still think he's the clearest thinking sports person probably Australia's ever produced. Well, yeah, because he just kept it so simple. Um, you know, I remember him making a comment, something about why didn't you ever write a, an instructional book? And he said, well, it would probably only be one page long because you just take the club here, you kind of come over here and yeah. you just follow through and be balanced. And yeah. that was basically about it. So. He did write a little book and it's yeah. very simple. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a beauty. It is. I've got it. It's called Lessons I've Learned. That's it. Yeah, Lessons that's I've Learned. It's, a, it's, it's actually not about the golf swing. It's just about how to play yeah. pretty much. So. Can you remember one? The only lesson I can remember out of it, mm-hmm. I, I remember it being a very good book, but the one lesson I remember out of it is that he thought being a right-eyed person putting right-handed was a disadvantage. Oh, okay. He seemed to think if you're a left-eyed person putting right-handed, you had yeah. the advantage. Oop. And that's the Maybe Rory, Mac- Rory. <laughs> That's the Rory McIlroy thing that you've been talking about lately, just the tilting the head to use your right eye okay. to see where yeah, it is. Yeah, but I'm right-eye dominant and I'll, I tilt. Anyway, so, that's a whole yeah, other You're right-eye dominant and you're putting left-handed. No, right-handed. I putt right-handed. Yeah, oh, so yeah, that's so. right. I forgot. <laughs> There's right a handicap going, by the way. Uh, see, I've still got to register with uh, Golf Australia. So, Nico, yeah. who's yeah. right-hander? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we need to get to a break. The halfway okay. house is beckoning. Uh, we've got that much to go through. We've got a top five. We've got results. We've got your masterclass, and we've also got a couple of callers we need to get to as well. So busy back nine. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Nick, I know you've heard of the Watch My Numbers app. It is brand new and it is going to dominate the golf app scene for a long, long time. If you want to improve your game, you need to know the areas you're doing well in and where you need to improve. And this app will tell you exactly that, Nick. Yeah, you're spot on, Mark. It's the most powerful database golf app in the world and it helps analyze and improve your game like never before because it uses real-time data from your rounds and highlights the areas of your game that you want to look at. You get actionable and usable info in minutes, not hours. That's really important. It's easy to use. You can set up your profile very quickly. I've done mine. And start accessing data and subscriber-only content straight away. Hmm. Who's it aimed at? Well, it's aimed at people who want to improve their game. It's for all levels of every golfer out there, particularly powerful if you're a mid to low handicapper, but it's great for the elite level and pros as well. So elite and pros as well. I like that. Watch my numbers. Download it from the App Store and turn your bogeys in the birdies. Now, if you haven't checked out the Golf Clearance Outlet, then you, I can guarantee you this, are missing out. And if you have, well, you know what we're talking about. Great time to drop in because with all the new equipment released in January, good old Sam at the Golf Clearance Outlet is licking his lips because the stores are chock full of 2023 branded clearance product. And you know that was a hell of a year for golf equipment, Nick. 
You're spot on there, Mark. There's heaps of gear for righties, of course, but as you know, I am a lefty, so there's a heap of gear for lefties Mm. as well, and plenty for both men and women. And if you're after a great Prezi idea, you can get gift cards in-store or online. So if you're looking for great golf gear and great prices, the Golf Clearance Outlet needs to be in your plans to go and check it out. See the team in-store at Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Perth, or online, golfclearanceoutlet.com.au. It's that simple, Nick. Can't wait. Hang on, hang on, Nick. I thought you were righty putting now. Oh, that's right. I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Like the podcast? No. Maybe tell a friend. Drop them a text or share it on your socials. This is Talk Birdie to Me with Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. Right, Nick, get your driver out. Let's uh, attack this back nine. We've got stacks to get through. Results, mm. a couple of callers, feedback, top five. In honour of Bernard Langer, mm. I'm going to do my top five professional golfers yep. with the yips, Ooh. with a case of the Ooh. yips, Ooh, nice. and then your masterclass on uh, wedges that don't spin too much. That's correct. Oh, you, this is your area, the results. Mm. What do you got for me? Well, we've got a few actually uh, this week. In that Rocket Mortgage Classic, which Ricky Fowler won on the PGA Tour, we had an Aussie who finished tied 17th, Cam Davis, won oh. there a couple of years ago. He was the only Aussie to make the cut, unfortunately. Yeah. He's so. starting to turn into the new human ATM. He's yes. taking your mantle. Yeah, he's, he loves those soft courses too because of the nice yeah. high ball flights, like yeah. throwing darts out there. Uh, on the DP World Tour, a great win by New Zealander Daniel Hillier, who uh, won the Betfred British Masters, hosted by Nick Faldo, and I'm not sure he's the most popular and host over there. at the Belfry, there, wasn't it? At the Belfry, yeah, yeah. famous course. That's where I started with Wilbur, my caddy. Oh, that's where Belfry. you picked him up? That's where I picked him up, yeah. My, my wife was caddying for me, and, uh, you know, there was yeah. this particular stage about a year and a half into our European tour sojourn, and yeah. uh, she said, look, if we're going to stay married, uh, we need to find a proper caddy. <laughs> so enough. we're looking around. That's fair enough. Wilbur's guy, Gary Evans, missed the cut. He came to caddy for me on the weekend, and away we went. Wow. So, anyway. Gary Evans is a good fella. He must have been dirty that you mm-hmm. stole his caddy. No, they, uh, they, they split? amicably spit, yeah, okay. uh, spit or split. Split. Yeah, split. Gary was a good guy. He was Did a you like Gaz? Yeah, yeah, he was a good always guy. always got on fine with Gary. Good yeah. play. Almost won a British Open too. That's right. But uh, Daniel Hillier, he went eagle, birdie, eagle on 15, 16, 17 and then hold he- a... Brilliant eight-foot putt on the last hole to win by a shot. And his good mate, Minwoo Lee, who was also playing the tournament, was standing behind the green uh, clapping him, which was an awesome Uh, sensational. Minwoo finished tied for 15th, by the way, so a good result there for him travelling across the pond because he's been playing quite a bit in the US. A couple of other results. Uh, Anthony Quayle on the Japanese tour tied second. Great result over there for him in the Sega Sammy Cup. He's doing well on the order of merit now. How uh, old's Quayley now? 46, oh, 47? No. How old? Quayley? 40. No, I, he's got 30s. his 30s. Is he? he? He'd have to be. He's only young. Uh, apologies. I'm thinking late 20s, early 30s. <laughs> apologies, Mr. Quayley. <laughs> late 20s. I'm, th- I'm thinking late 20s. He is not. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll, we'll get Dan to look that up as we Dan keep talking. 47 to late 20s, <laughs> isn't it? Jeez. <laughs> God, you must know what you're talking about. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, hang on, he's done Anthony, it. if this gets back to you, oh. I apologise. No, anyway. All good. Unless um, you are 47. And then uh, just an unusual result, which I quite liked, uh, on the Ladies European Tour, uh, Spain's Carmen Alonso won her first tournament in 251 starts. Good on her. 19 That's years great. she'd been playing, so well done. And then also to satisfy uh, our good mate Andrew Leonard, we've got to talk about the live golf. Do we have to? Taylor Gooch. Three, three times. Wins. All right, I'll put a question three to you times. that I know he'd want to ask you. Yeah. If he wins three times on live, mm-hmm. and we've got a Ryder Cup coming up. Yep. 
where live players are now pretty much welcomed. Apparently. Only, only six qualify, six picks. Mm-hmm. Is he a Monty to be picked with three wins mm. on live? That's a good question. Uh, I like his game. I mean, I, I've watched some I, of them. I, I do too. I've watched him swing it and he flushes it. Obviously, he's got Mal Baker on the bag yeah. who's overtaken you in career earnings. Oh, now, <laughs> we're going to keep that quiet, you know. <laughs> so if you're trying to work uh, out what that is, Mel Baker caddies uh, for Taylor Gooch. Taylor Gooch has won $12 million in prize money at least. At least, yeah. And Malcolm Baker has won ten percent of that. <laughs> so Malcolm Baker has made one point two million US in three events and gone past my career earnings, which is really disappointing. Yeah, I'm hurt. Oh, that's okay. But I'm bleeding. The that Ryder Cup is going to be a tough one for Zach Johnson because the players that are already in are Scheffler, Clark, Kepka, Xander, Cantlay, and Homer. And I think Ricky must be about in now. I reckon as must well. Be he, close. Might, he must be very close. So who do you leave out? Because you've also got. Taylor Gooch and yep. Bryson, who's actually playing well. He yep. shot a third, sorry, third round. I was going to say yep. a second round, um, 63 at Valderrama. Tough, tough, Pretty tough strong. course, uh, Valderrama, too. Yeah, I've played a lot of Volvo Masters there. It's uh, quite well, a event. It looks like a golf course that you, you want to play, mm. to me. Not yeah. many of them make it on the European Tour no, to the no. want-to-play basket, but Valderrama's one of them. Got some great wines around that area, too. So uh, it's always a good right. reason to play there as well. But <laughs> but uh, another good win there for Taylor. So, um, and also, oh, by the way, this coming week, yeah. US Women's Open Pebble yeah, Beach. Yeah, oh, huge. That's going to be massive. Cannot wait. Actually, mm. I cannot wait to see how the girls play the course. Yeah. You know, the sixth hole? Like, I have trouble hitting the fairway wood oh, yeah. up. Up, yes. On the sixth hole. That's hard. It's a hard shot. Yeah. I want to see what they do. Because the closer you get, the harder it gets. That's in a right. Way. The steeper you got to go up, and the bigger the downslope <laughs> right. you're hitting off. Yeah, that's a tough. Yeah, one. the sixth hole. I can't wait to see them how, mm. how they play it. Anthony Quayle, what are you what are you guys saying? Okay, I'm gonna. I, you I, go. Well, I said 47. <laughs> can I can I bring it back to 42? 42. Okay. okay, what do you reckon? 27. Okay, well, I think you, Mark Allen, have got some apologies. <laughs> he is 28. Oh! <laughs> 28. I apologise. You started with 47. I do, I apologise. I, oh, like, oh. I like him as a bloke too, uh, so I'm... Well, you got oh, me thinking when me. you said 40. I thought, hang on, is he in his 30s? Oh, no, geez. he can't be. We, we have to get him, have to get him, get him on the show. Him on. He's a very likable character. He's a lovely guy. So I, I do apologise. For a 47-year-old. Uh, hey, we've got a caller. Let's get the Finn. All right. G'day, Finn. Mark Allen here and Nick O'Hearn. How are you guys? Hey, we're going really well. Now, you've sent us a little message uh, on the back of what we're asking for last week, which is great. So we'd like people to call in and let us know how their game has improved or if they've got a friend whose game is improving. So what have you got for us? I've got a mate, Cooper Nolan. He started playing golf about, I reckon it would have been a year and a half, two years ago, from sort of 17th of June last year. He's been playing sort of once or twice a week, and he's coming from 17.2 down to 8.7. That's a mighty effort. Wow. Yeah, pretty impressive. That's a mighty effort. So has he done it just off the back of his hitting? Has he done it off the back of some lessons? Has he started practising his short game? Or is it all Nico Hearn's uh, masterclasses that he's been (laughs) listening to? (laughs) Sure has been listening to them as well. But he definitely got the golf bug because um, he started working at the House of Golf in Moorabbin about six to nine months ago. Oh, maybe he's been um, he's been hitting balls in the range nets and putting on their practice greens. Yeah, maybe. yeah. There you go. He's, he's been hitting a few balls there, sending me a few videos and stuff, which has been good. Um, but no, he's really been enjoying it and um, 
getting that chance to play with him every now and then is pretty cool too. And what about your goal, Finn? How are you playing? Yeah, it's going all right. Not too bad. It's on the up the last couple of months, which is nice. So, yeah, we've come in from 18.3 at sort of the start of March. I've played seven rounds since then and um, they've been flags every time, which is going to hurt the handicap when they come back around. So Holy dooly. Come into 15.2, which is nice. So Good on you, Finn. Thanks for uh, letting us know about Cooper, mate. That's just fantastic. Thanks, mate. Perfect. Thanks, guys. Good on you, Finn. And if you've got a similar story, give us a yell. Get in touch with us on our socials uh, and you uh, we should be uh, expecting a phone call next week. All right, time for some feedback, Dan. <laughs> Um, okay, so lots of feedback this week, guys. Uh, feedback uh, on your comments, Mark, on Keegan Brad. As you remember, you gave him. You, re- oh, you didn't miss him last week. You threw him under the bus massively. I, all I said was that there is nothing he does that I'm interested in. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm sure he's a lovely person. Well, interestingly, wonderful family values and everything else. Lots of people agree with you. Not for me. Oh, good. (laughs) Aaron wrote in and said, Mark is 100% right in regard to Keegan Bradley. I've never been able to watch him. The most uninspiring player I've ever seen. Jeez. Mm. Uh, He really had a rip. (laughs) (laughs) Daniel Crawford has said, can't stand Keegan, and all that family stuff is just for the cameras, don't worry. Oof. He knows that will be in the highlight oh, reels on TV. That's a Ooh. bit harsh. Jeez. Ooh, he's got hard. Hard. You can't say he's not a family man <laughs> because he's being a family man on the TV. Yeah, yeah. A bit rough. Uh, we're talking to Finn before with uh, with his – I mean, it's really impressive what he's done in the last little yeah, while. Yeah, it's Come down 10 shots is enormous. So good, so good. Glenn also wrote in, uh, I played a Stableford comp in Port Douglas on Sunday. This is last Sunday. Mm. A lady of 54 had five points on a hole. She was that a par somewhere? Yeah. Uh, well, he doesn't yeah. say, but I figure she it would be, yeah. Must be. Parred the hole and got three shots. That must be what it was. She parred the hole, got three shots, so therefore had zero. A net zero, which is, yeah, five points. Must have been a par, par three. three. Par three. Par yeah. three. Yeah. No one had ever seen that before at that mm. course, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, I've never... That, that actually happened to me once. I was playing a match play against the guy. He had two shots on a par three. He yeah. made a birdie. So net zero. I, cu- I didn't, but I could have had a hole in one and I would have still lost the you hole. You would have lost the hole. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> Crazy. You would have one for four and he's had yeah. two for five. Two for five. That's right. He would have won the hole. Hey, speaking of hole in ones, you see that Donald Trump thing last week where he's got, what, seven hole in ones? Yeah. I'm surprised yeah. he stopped at seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's chasing you. 12. 12, yeah. Yeah, that's but, right. Uh, so I heard, I saw that little exchange. So you only count the ones only that were in count, tournaments. Yeah. 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 I, I count the ones where I was either playing in something or I wrote a one down. Okay. One or the other. Fair call. Yeah. So that's interesting because Kiwi Golf Lover wrote in and said, do pros count them anywhere, anytime, or just in tournaments? Hmm. A bit of both. So, a bit of both. But when they when you see them flash up that uh, Bernard Langer's had 15 holes in one uh, playing in his professional, that's just tournaments. That's just tournaments, Just yeah. tournaments. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Sevi Bellasteros never had one hole in I one. I can't believe that. Not serious? one. In a tournament. Not one hole in wow. one. And get this, not just in tournaments, in his life. Really? That's unbelievable. There you go. Oh, my gosh. Lots of feedback on you guys talking about Minwoo Lee last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel wrote in, he's got the personality to match his game. It's great to see young Aussie doing great things. He will have a major within three years, That's according true. to Daniel. Mm. That's true about his personality. He's got one of the great Australian golf personalities. Mm. He's a belting kid. Yeah. I absolutely love him. Yeah, it'll be interesting. At the end of their careers, him and his sister, who has the most majors? Who's your money on? I've got to go for Min G, actually, because they get – 
five majors. Yeah. And the man only getting four. So. Yeah, my money's on Minji. <laughs> but I, I reckon he could sneak two. That's yeah, my guess. For sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Interesting you guys say that because Tommy's written in and said he's a champion and an amazing sibling rivalry going on as well, which is exactly the point mm. you're making. There you go. Um, and the last bit of feedback, well, we've got lots of feedback. We could go all day on feedback, yeah. but we won't. But the last thing I will mention, because this, I think this is really good, Stephen Roche has written in, uh, eight iron, heel up, closed face, putter stroke. I learned it in a Mark Allen masterclass on Talk Birdie to me. <sighs> Better for tight lies, but prefer it so much to a chip. I use it where, whenever I can. Yeah, no right. more chunks, blades, but I'm still working on my speed. Good on you, Rochi. I can tell you this, Rochi. Uh, my short game coach is Nick O'Hearn, so <laughs> it, it's basically come from Nick. No, it's you. very simple. Okay, it's time for the top five. And on the back of Bernard Langer, winning his 45th Seniors Tour event. 46th. 46th, thank you. And the case of the yips that he had as a younger man was one of the greatest ever cases of the yips. I think he's gone through it twice, actually. Yeah. He might have gone through the yips two or three times. Maybe three times. Mm. So I've put together the top five most famous cases of yips that the game of golf has ever seen. Okay. At number five, if you eight putt the first hole at Augusta, (laughs) there is no way you're not on this list. That was... One of the craziest things I've ever seen. Did, did you, were you, oh, did did see you watch it live it, or did you, you only see highlights? I saw the highlights and it was so much yibbity yibbity going on. It was oof, it was hard to watch. I was sick in my stomach mm. watching it happen because he had a whole 17 holes left <laughs> to play. <laughs> he had 17 more holes to go. What was, it was an eight putt, was it? I think it was, a, it was, it was or seven something. or eight. It okay. was something crazy. Wow. Maybe it was a six. I don't know. It wasn't a four putt. It wasn't a five putt. <laughs> no. It was more. Uh, Sam Snead, mm-hmm. if you end up putting side saddle, I don't care what's going on in your life, you've had the yips. <laughs> that is, that is okay. imagine, imagine you're at that point. You're slamming Sammy Snead yeah. and you're putting side saddle. Did Bryson go side saddle for a little bit? Yeah, or he they changed, yeah, he tried to, but they, they wouldn't let him because they changed uh, – they said they, yeah. they either changed the rules or they let him know about the rules that he wouldn't let him do it. You know where I also saw that style? Mm. From one of our top five movies, Seven Days in Utopia. Oh, <laughs> you're joking. Uh, ben Hogan makes this list. Reportedly, and I don't know this for sure, but most stories about Hogan are mm. spot on. In his older days, when he was just playing golf for a bit of exercise, he refused the putt. Really? How sad is yeah. that? I, I heard you hit the six foot most of your life, and then you don't even bother. I heard later in his career, might have been even in his playing days, he used to complain. He said putting should not be worth one stroke each time; it should only be worth half a shot. That's where he got to there in putting. Yep. <laughs> so that is you're yipping it if you. Bernard Langer, he had the yips three times and still does what he does. Incredible. Ridiculous. Mm. And my number one. Okay. As far as I can tell, he only yipped one putt, but that qualifies <laughs> when it's a putt to beat Jack Nicholas at Ooh. St Andrews Jeez. from two and a half feet. Oh. Doug Sanders. Well, that's a, that's and that was one of the most horrifying yips we've yeah, ever seen. Yeah, that was a tough one. That have, was. Have you seen it? Where he actually bent down to pick something up and yeah. then went back, and he was, you it, could see Trevino over at the side looking away, going, "No!" Telling people, "Oh, it was yeah. just it was unbearable." Yeah. And you know the story later on 
people that ask him about it. Have you heard that one? Or no, no, no go okay. on. please tell me. Many, many years, well, all throughout his career or whatever, people always asked him about that putt and they used to say to him, Doug, do you ever think about it? And he says, no, no, I go, um, you know, I go at least five or ten minutes without <laughs> thinking <Yes>. about it. <laughs> you would too. Yeah. And then the, the, the put salt right into the wound, uh, when Jack beats him in a playoff the next day, Jack Nicholas throws the putter oh, yeah. up in the air and it landed on his head. <laughs> oh, that's too good. Unbelievable. Mm. Hey, uh, there's obviously degrees of yips. You guys ever had uh, ever had a bit of yip action yep. going on? Yeah, I've had the yips. What happened to you? Just started missing two footers. And, and you know how I fixed them? I went to Ian Baker Finch. I said, Finchy, mm. can you have a look at what I'm doing? And he goes, it's fine. I said, he goes, what, what are you doing? I said, I'm getting the heebie-jeebies over two footers. He goes, why don't you start practicing your two footers? Because <laughs> as a pro, you never practice two footers. But he told me to do that. And guess what? No I was right yips. two weeks later. Good Amazing. as gold. Amazing. Good as, but uh, very humiliating, by yeah. the way, practicing two-footers in front of people. <laughs> right. <laughs> Doing a little drill, that's okay. I was the okay. only pro in, a, in the whole world who was practicing yeah. his two-footers. Everyone practices three-footers, just not two-footers. That's right. right, actually. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's Ian Baker Finch. Yeah. Helping. Uh, yes. Yeah, well, why do you think I'm putting right-handed? <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe that. No, actually, when I went from the long putter, when I stopped uh, – anchoring the putter and I went to the short putter. I didn't like unanchoring. So I started trying to putt short left and I did it in a couple of tournaments and I did yip a couple and I thought, oh, this isn't pretty. But that's when I played that round of golf right-handed and I felt like I putted so much better right uh, and just, no yips right-handed. Just r- ridiculous. Speaking of the top five, mm-hmm. uh, someone has got a little bit of feedback for us from last week's top five. His name is Patrick. G'day, Patrick. Uh, how's the golf up there in Sydney? Oh, a little cold, but pro- might might be a bit better weather than Melbourne, but who knows? Melbourne all around probably has better courses. So so tell me this. Uh, you've uh, contacted us about the greatest ever shots hit in a US Open. You reckon you've got one to add or two to add? Uh, I reckon I've got at least one to add, and that would be uh, Corey Pavin's uh, magnificent forward oh, to the yeah. last mm. green, 72nd at the 95. Uh, open, US Open at uh, Fabulous Shinnecock. Mm. Bonus points. Who did he beat? Oh, no, I don't know. Big blonde bloke. Oh, well, Sharky, Sharky amongst other people. That's right. Yep. Well, there, there, there's another story, but uh, Roger Miller had the call and uh, he said to Johnny Miller uh, after Corey had hit it, shot of his life, Johnny. Yeah, there I remember. Absolute yep. goal. Now, was Corey Pavin that week, was he using those disgusting – Clubs, the the Cleveland clubs with the anti shank, the anti shank yes. Cleveland, oh the, the whatever the that was, irons. the nah, vast nah. irons. He was, he was. They were they were the worst ever clubs to win a major. So he's done two things. Didn't he switch to the vast after the U.S. Open nope. for a lot of money? Nope. No. Nope. Oh, okay. I reckon okay. he was using right. them. Well, here's another. All right. Here's, here's another thing about Corey. I'll throw in. I reckon he played better golf when he had a moustache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, I think that's right, accurate. Actually. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, he's one of the best Absolutely putters in the did. world at oh, golf, that's for sure. I saw him do one of the greatest up and downs of all time, uh, maybe last year. He was behind a green. On the Champions Tour. On the yeah. Champions Tour. It was that. the most ridiculous chip. Did he hit, he was he had no backswing he's in, in like Cactus some creek or something? I don't know. Yep. Yeah, it was a long way And off. hit it to two feet. It was, it was the craziest one. The craziest. It'll be on the, the best highlights of crazy chips ever hit. Well, the, pro, the problem with uh, the modern game, and I'm an old bloke, I'm 66, um, two months older than Bernard Langer. So we can talk about him if you wanted. But uh, Corey, the modern equipment doesn't bring on players like Corey Pavin. And that, that is, I find, a great sadness. Mm. Yeah, well, the artistry's gone out of it a little bit for sure. 
Good on, good on you, Patrick. Are we going to fit Patrick's Corey Pavins forward to the last at Shinnecock? Is it going to move anybody out of my top five from last oh, week? I'm trying to remember who the other five were. Four yeah, were. Oh, it's, a, it's a nice nomination, but I'm not sure it does. <laughs> Pat, if I'm ever up in Sydney, I'll uh, see if I can track you down. We can have a beer. Uh, that'd be lovely because I did have a drink with uh, with Nick last year when he was up for the uh, visiting for the Royal Sydney Cup, and we it, would, uh, it wouldn't have been beer. Hopefully, he'll come back uh, this year. That's right. Yeah, I played awful. So yeah, I got the invite the other day, Patrick. So I'm looking at my schedule right now, but I need to play better than last year, but they serve some fabulous wine there, so no, that, that's always a good... Uh, goodness me. A, a good little lure. It'd be lovely. We'll have a glass of that instead. <laughs> Thank you, Beautiful. Patrick. Thanks for joining us. Okay. See you, mate. There he goes. Nick, it's time for your Masterclass. All right, thanks, Mark. Yes, you mentioned earlier the playoff at the Rocket Rocket Mortgage Classic where Adam Hadwin hit his wedge into the green, too much spin. Morikawa took the 9-9 trying to take the spin off it, went through the green, so he hit it too far. Or he he basically, unfortunately, didn't hit the yardage that he wanted, bounced through, and away we go. So how do you hit these shots where you take spin off the ball because it's so important? Ricky Fowler actually did it in the playoff. Mm. Uh, Sorry, not in the playoff, on the final hole. That's right. The one thing in his favour was he wasn't the first cut. He wasn't on the fairway, so you can create a bit more spin off the fairway, obviously. So the way to do it, I've always found with the wedges especially, it's all about making a three-quarter backswing. Make a three-quarter swing, narrow the stance a little bit, don't really need to change your ball position too much, and then really just smooth it. That's kind of the focus or the, the thought that you have in your head as you're hitting the ball is just smooth. We're not trying to destroy the golf ball and really hit it hard because that's what's going to create the spin. So for players like myself and you, Mark, well, we don't really create that much club head speed anyway. So that, that's we true. Don't, we don't get too much spin. But if you are a, a very aggressive iron player or you tend to hit quite steep into the ball, just take a nice three-quarter back swing. And you do that by the length of your body turn, not by how far your arms swing back. So don't make as full a turn. And then your swing thought on the way through the ball is just smooth. And that will take the spin off the ball and you won't jazz it back 20 feet or so like Adam Hadwin did. Some, just a little bit of myth busting for me. Mm. Uh, less divot, less spin. Yeah, I would say that too, for sure. A little shallower. Uh, is a good way to do it. Eh, if, you, if you are like an Andrew Leonard type, for instance, who comes into the ball fairly steep, Very you, could, steep. you could move the ball position up a little bit more. In Quite the a way up, I'd suggest. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sorry, Lenny, but you know we love you on this uh, on this show. But uh, I'll do a, a little bit of a video and pop that on the socials later. Uh, socials later. Okay, I've just had a quick look at the US Open next venue, Pinehurst, where Tiger's going to win oh, the US too Open. Early. It's too early. Too early. Twenty twenty nine. Twenty twenty nine. Okay, there you go. Not bad. That's How old's he going to be? Fifty uh, two. Yeah. It's a possibility. It's a possibility. Uh, Wingfoot, no. Yeah. Pebble Beach, no. Shinnecock, maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. That's in 2026. That'll okay. be his first US Open back. Okay. Out of the cart. Yeah. Well, he's actually got to play. I want to see him play Champions Tour golf first, so we'll see. I don't, I don't reckon he ever thought he'd be a Champions <laughs> Tour golfer, to tell you the truth. Well, okay, here's, here, I'm going to throw this one out here for Righto. you as well. Righto. Will Tiger Woods and his son Charlie ever play in a tournament together? That's not a father-son event. Mm. Yes, oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. That, that, the, the second he turns pro, <laughs> they'll be playing in the thing that, uh, you know, the, the four-ball championship that they play. Oh, yeah, Absolute I know, but certainty. I'm talking, do you think Charlie Woods has the game? From what I've seen, mm-hmm. his golf swing is as good as anybody's <laughs> from what I've seen. Yeah, well, just on this, I, I really rate what Tiger has done. 
I really do. Because Tiger hasn't given this kid the big clubs. Yep. He's making him play with blades. He's making this kid find that tiny little sweet spot. And I'm sure that's holding him back a little bit. I can almost guarantee that most of these other kids have got the big clubs, the big woods. They're probably bigger than Charlie is. He hasn't popped yet. What I've seen of his golf swing, yeah. my God, it's as good as I've ever seen for a 14-year-old kid. Yeah, but golf swing-wise, there are so many talented kids out there, but I think from the mental standpoint, you're not going to get any better training from no one way. of the greatest, obviously, in that regard as well. So no uh, I, I think from what I've seen and knowing Tiger and you know having played with him and how he goes about his business, he's uh, giving his son a lot of lessons that – are invaluable on the golf course. It's pretty remarkable that we've mm. spoken about Tiger Woods twice in this podcast. Yeah, true. Mm. Ridiculous. Anyway, I hope he does win another major. I'll see you next week. All right. Cheers, mate. Oh, there it is. That's Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen's podcast, Talk Birdie to Me. Now, if you haven't subscribed yet, make sure you hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and you'll never miss an episode. And if you can share with a friend, well, that'll be awesome too. Talk Birdie to Me's executive producer is Dan Bradley at Kaizen Media. Sound design, Daryl Misson at loudzebra.com. Hey, I've spoken to Ian Leggett, and he oh, yeah. wants to tell, he reckons not only has he got a thousand Mo Norman stories, oh, beautiful. he's played with him a couple of times. What? Ian Leggett has played with him a couple of times, so he had to go into a shoulder. That's why he didn't come on during the Canadian uh, Open, okay. but he should be right now. Beautiful. So we'll try and get him on soon. All right. Nice. I look forward to hearing those. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.